Upgrade your ATV UTV today at superatv.com. Whether it's portals, axles, windshields, lift kits, power steering kits, or any of the other great products from Super ATV, they have you covered through the entire process. From design, manufacturing, testing, selling, shipping, and they're always there to support everything you need for your side-by-side. Go start your upgrade today at superatv.com. Well, welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Christie. Today's podcast is brought to you by Rugged Radio's in-car communication, car-to-car communication, Bluetooth, music, whatever your communications might be, Rugged is always there to help you out with finding the right product for your machine. Give them a call. Those guys are the experts. They know everything about communication. Rugged Radio's the authority in communication. Well, for a lot of the country, it's wintertime, and winter means storing your side-by-side and ATV. We're in Minnesota, and so it's definitely wintertime here as lots of other places as well. So how do you winterize your vehicle or get it ready for the winter? To help answer some of those questions, joining us today is Lynn Groom, Market Manager for Power Sports from Amsoil. Lynn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're in northern Minnesota, is that correct? Uh, Amsoil is in, yeah, I guess you'd consider it northern, nor- a little bit further north than you guys. We're kind of yeah. near Duluth. Uh, Amsoil is based in Superior, Wisconsin, uh, right next to Duluth, Minnesota, right by Lake Superior. Yeah, for those who don't know where that is, it's about two hours north of uh, Minneapolis. So uh, we got a ton of snow yesterday. Did you guys get any? We got some snow here. There's probably over the course of the last couple of days, uh, three to five inches. Okay, I think we got eight inches in Minneapolis yesterday, so it was quite the quite the winter storm for uh, almost uh, the start of December here. I'm actually from further north, and that completely missed us. Where I'm from, I'm from another hour north, um, and yeah, we didn't get anything way up there. Oh, are you considered a ranger then? Yes, sir. That would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good, very good. Well, uh, obviously, it's it's winter time here, and as I mentioned, that means prepping and getting your machine ready. And we often talk about great places to ride or destinations on the show, but what we don't often focus on is maintenance. And maintenance is a crucial aspect of your vehicle. Uh, I know this personally because I couldn't get my snowblower to work yesterday. <laughs> and uh, I didn't probably do the best job of winterizing my snowmobile or snowblower last year. So um, got it cranked up this morning and going, which was helpful. But uh, Lynn, I can imagine uh, you guys talk about that a lot there. It's a common conversation. I mean, believe it or not, even the uh, today, I'm in the office today, just... Today, I've had this conversation twice with people that admittedly did not treat the fuel properly or store their equipment right, and now it's giving them trouble. One of them is a small Polaris 120 snowmobile. The other one, it's it's the guys on either side of me here in the offices. The other guy, snowblower problems. So it's <laughs> it's a common, it is a common occurrence this time of the year. And these people work here, and they know our product. So, <laughs> yeah, shame on those guys. Right, right. Yes. That's what I said. I'm like, wait a minute. You work at a, a company that makes additives. What are you doing? Right. It's probably it's, those, those are probably the worst. Right. I mean, it's just like they just take it for granted. Maybe I don't know, but uh, uh, or overlook it or think they can fix it because <laughs> they probably know better. 
It's the fuel. I mean, a lot of times it's the fuel that's available wherever you are that a lot of times will determine. People that have the luxury of having non-ethanol blended fuel for their power sports equipment, it's a luxury that not everybody gets. So sometimes you're stuck with some of that ethanol and, you know, whether it's a snowblower, whether it's a UTV, whatever it is, ethanol is not the end of the world. You just have to deal with it properly. And that means you have to additize your fuel. And and if you're not used to doing that, it's something that you need to get yourself in that habit that when you put it away, you need to additize it, you know, especially when you're dealing with an ethanol blended fuel, it just needs to be taken care of a little differently. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Now you're the market manager for the power sports division. What kind of things do you guys deal with in that department? Um, in the power sports area, it, we cover basically the, all the fun stuff that you're thinking of when you say the word power sports, uh-huh. so the snowmobiles, the motorcycles, the personal watercraft, outboard motors, but we also include all of the small engines in there as well. So all of the small engine oils as they relate to generators, snowblowers, lawnmowers, all of those products, uh, fall under my umbrella as do all of our racing products. So I see quite a wide variety of different equipment, both from the chemical standpoint, as we're building and designing products from the testing standpoint, but then also from, you know, dealing with different customers in different markets as well. So I, I, I end up hitting on a lot of different areas. No doubt. And I, and I think uh, I could use some of your help. <laughs> let's, let's stick to the off road side of things when it comes to, for those people who have to winterize your machine, um, Walk me through some of the the steps that people should know and should do uh, each year to make sure that their machine is in the best shape when it's no longer in use. And I've kind of found, you know, as this applies, since you kind of brought it up, ATVs and UTVs, since they're so, you know, crazy popular, I've kind of found through, you know, just knowing the market and, 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 you know, swimming around in this market so much, if you will, that there's, there's, you're dealing with a couple different types of customer slash enthusiast users, right? Um, there are some machines that do actually go dormant and they're put away. There are also machines that get tracks put on them and they go out on the ice and they go out wherever they can go and they're being used all season. Yes. And the thing of it is, you have to treat them both equally. So this, what, uh, what, what we're talking about here today applies even if your machine is going to get tracks put on it and head out on a frozen lake to do some fishing. You still need to deal with some of these, some of these different things as it relates to these machines specifically. Um, they all have differentials of some sort. They all have transmissions of some sort. And when you're running these machines in the summertime, you ultimately are not driving on the pavement. At least if you're having fun, you're not on the pavement, right? Um, you're in the mud, you're in the water, and water can make its way into the differentials, into the transmissions, and those have to be dealt with before the, wa- before the weather turns and that water can potentially freeze, and you can have some catastrophic problems that can happen just in your drivetrain. I'm not even covering the engine yet. So it's, you know, you need to make sure that you're changing that fluid. Uh, that's the biggest thing you can do. Number one, if anything, make sure you're changing the fluid in the change of seasons. And it's most recommended that you do it in the transition from fall to winter. You're going to swap your differential fluids. You're going to change out that transmission fluid. That'll make sure that you've got good oil in there. And as the weather turns cold, water won't freeze in there. And if you're storing it, it won't start to corrode because water, if left unattended, uh, can tend to start corroding different things inside there. There are still steel gears inside that aluminum housing and it can corrode. So 
from a freezing standpoint to a corrosion standpoint, you need to make sure that you're taking care of that drivetrain and changing the oil, new oil. I, that was one of the questions I had to you was the best time of year to winterize. Right. If you're using the machine in one of the two ways that I just described, right, that's the time that you want to hit that thing. Because then when you pull it out in the spring, if it, if it was dormant, if you actually put it in storage, uh, you pull it out in the spring and it's ready to go. You don't have to think about all the different maintenance pieces that you're doing. Um, and you don't have to worry that, oh, was that differential frozen over the winter and it just didn't crack? Different things like that. Um, from an engine standpoint, if you want me to cover that now, I, I can. Yeah, please. From an engine standpoint, when you're looking at the motor oil, just the actual process of combustion puts uh, byproducts of combustion into the oil that are not necessarily the greatest thing for the engine. There's always some byproducts of combustion that work their way down past the rings and the piston and into the oil sump. Um, you know, things that the oil is designed to handle for a certain amount of time. Um, oil, certain characteristics of the oil, its ability to deal with acid, if you will, without getting too technical. That's in there that there's, there's, there we design in uh, its ability to manage that. Uh, because we know that it's going to happen. What we don't design in there is when you have maxed it out and you say, I'll get it in the spring. So now you're leaving it. The oil is probably ready to have an oil change on that machine. You put it in storage and you, you, know, you possibly leave some things that may want to cause corrosion, some things that may want to cause varnish and build up inside of that engine in the engine dormant for several months. Not a good idea. So it's usually a good time if the machine's going to sit to get that dirty, that get that old oil, that used oil, to get it out of there and get some fresh stuff in there. If you're going to use the machine with tracks on it and it's going to continue to run and plow and work and fish all winter like many people do, um, it's still a good idea to get that oil changed, once again, from the moisture standpoint. Um, but secondly, these, you know, these machines, they work. Um, take, for example, some of these, the Polaris Ranger, the Thousand. Um, that thing works. They like to make a lot of RPM, especially when you put them on tracks, because there's a lot of times that's a two to one reduction in, you know, so you're losing half your speed. You're going to rev the motor quite a bit faster. So that engine is working in the stance of, you know, a lot of RPM requires a lot of protection. You want to go into that season with fresh oil, fresh protection. You're covered all, you're covered all season. That's, that's kind of why we recommend that time of the year to, to take care of that. I, I think you covered off on some of this, but I was going <laughs> to, my next question is what happens if you don't do some of the things that you're mentioning? You know, in some situations, nothing, quite frankly, that's, that's the honest answer. Sometimes you're going to get away with it, meaning uh, nothing may happen. And you're going to get the people that say, well, I never bother with that and I've never had an issue. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yep. You don't have an issue <laughs> until you have an issue. <laughs> so, you know, you, you drove it into that water hole that maybe was a little deeper than you thought it was going to be. And you maybe got some water into that differential vent um, and you don't know that it's in there. That freezes water expands when it freezes, you break that differential open, especially on, on some of those units that don't hold a lot of oil in the front end. That breaks your ear into thousands of dollars in repair. More importantly, downtime in the spring when you discover it, especially if you put it away. From an engine standpoint, um, a lot of times what will happen there is you're just shortening the life of the equipment. So you can do things to it now that may affect you years down the road. If you're planning on keeping the machine for a long period of time, um, 
that you'll start to see it as the machine ages. Maybe you've took a little bit more wear off of a bearing or you, you know, you did something to it that again, it won't rear its head until you really need the machine to perform in a situation where maybe you're doing something that would be considered extreme. Uh, the temperatures are really high, basically right when you don't need it to fail, that's when those situations can come and bite you. If you haven't taken care of it in the, in times like we're, we're discussing today, that that's what, that's the potential. And that's the worst time to have a failure, in my opinion. It's just like that's we don't want it to break right when you're about to have a pile of fun with it. So yeah, yeah. Or you're having preventative, that fun, you're trying to get back. Preve- <laughs> correct. It's <laughs> yeah. preventative. Yeah. You know, you want to be preventative with these things, knowing, you know, that it's going to save you in the long run. So it's pretty common that everyone knows they need to change the oil on their car. For sure, right? There's usually a the little st- sticker on your window that says, you know, you got three more months or 5,000 more miles and you got to get that done. And obviously people get lax about that. But why is it that on your vehicle that you did that most often people are like, ah, I'll do it later. It's not important or things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's out of sight, out of mind, but when you think about it, and this is the thing that surprises people is that that, that UTV or that ATV, it uses half the amount of oil or less than your vehicle does. It makes twice the RPM and you're making it do all kinds of more difficult stuff. So in my opinion, it's, it's really, people are not really thinking fully sometimes about what they're actually doing to that machine, you know, and how hard you're actually making it work versus the thing that you're just driving to the grocery store or driving to work. You know, you pick, you come off the stop sign, you accelerate to 50 miles an hour, you slow down. That's not that hard on the engine. It's not that hard on the oil. Right. But you throw a set of tracks on it. You throw a plow on it. You do all this stuff, you know, this, these cool things that you take it in the dunes. We see all these cool things that people do with these machines because they're, you know, they're such a awesome piece of technology now. But all of that technology creates stress on components like the engine, the crank, pistons, rods, bearings, most importantly, turbos, heat and pressure. That's what really starts to create wear. And you need a decent quality product to handle that. And that'll help keep the machine living longer. You're not losing power. You know, you, it's not prematurely breaking down. It allows you to extend the life of the machine and continue to have like new performance. I mean, that's really the easiest way for me to describe it to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to the correct oil that you're putting in your vehicle, are there different types of AMS oil or is there one type? What should people be looking for? We have a full line, to be honest. Um, we have a full line of products and it kind of goes by what the manufacturer is recommending. So take, for example, our ATV, UTV line. We've got a main viscosity for pretty much every brand out there. Pick your brand. You know, we have a 550, we have a 1040, um, we have a uh, 540, we have a 1030. Uh, we've got basically every flavor of oil <laughs> viscosity, sorry, um, that, 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 that you could imagine. So regardless of what your machine calls for, we, we will have that for you. Uh, what sets AMS oil apart from, say, other oils out on the market? Um, I guess some of the stuff that I've already described to you, we consider that when we're building the product because, you know, as we all know, when you build these, when you build an oil, it's, you know, you have to make trade-offs along the way um, regarding, like, how hot is the user really going to get this machine? You know, how much how much stuff are they really going to load in it? How hard are they really going to make it work? Um, we try and we test in an area where it's the hottest climate 
plus X percent, and we test at that temperature. So the hottest you could get out in Glamis with a turbo, we test at those temperatures and above, and we formulate the product to, designed to protect in those types of environments. Or northern Minnesota, minus 40, left outside, it needs to start. We'll formulate product to actually be able to start and run in those temperatures because oil tends to get thick and you have to formulate to make it work at those low temperatures. But then the direct opposite is true. That oil, as it gets hot, still needs to continue to protect. So to hit those two you know, polar opposites, you need to have some technology in there. Price and cost both tend to come into play. And what we do first is we look at the needs of the machine, how it's going to be used, we build the product, and then we worry about the price. So we don't have, we've got that approach to basically everything that we do here. So some of the choices that we make on technology are not affected by it needs to be this price per gallon. We build what's needed and we go from there. I can imagine in, in extreme conditions like a 40 below here in Minnesota and people are shuddering to think that's actually a real thing. <laughs> but, yeah. it does, but it does happen. Lynn, are you are you outside with the machine standing there freezing as well? To, to, to... <laughs> you know, unfortunately, doing what I do here at Amsoil, yes. In certain situations, we certainly are. When we're formulating dirt bike uh, oil, we were working on some clutch stuff. I was on the bike, on the dyno. So a lot of the, and the people that also do for the other areas, like passenger car, light truck, our diesel people, our hydraulic oil people, we're all basically very involved in what's going on. Um, as far as the testing and depending upon our level of, of knowledge and our level of involvement with product development, we have, you know, more or less to do with it, but we're all involved at some point. So yeah, I'm sitting on a dirt bike doing race starts or we're outside and we got a line of wheelers. We're trying to start and amp draws and timers and trying to figure out how much, you know, will it start? Is it not going to start? So yeah, we're involved in the testing. So yeah, I got to freeze or I got to sweat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know I had this uh, vision in my mind that here you were either there or out in Glamis and, and out in Glamis we've got you in a full race suit uh, so you're getting as hot as the machine is right there. yeah yeah well unfortunately you gotta you gotta put your money where uh, <laughs> where your mouth is so right. we have to test because hey listen we're gonna recommend this product for um, for some pretty expensive pretty high tech machinery it needs to work so we've got a very extensive testing program we do a lot of field trials we have many machines that are testing products you know Years before they come out, they're being tested by our race teams and by different uh, people that we have running that type of stuff for us, rental fleets. Um, so we do quite a bit of testing. But yeah, it's it, it's fun. You know, tell you what, you never you're never bored. That's no, sure. no, it sounds like you guys. Uh, I would do a lot of R and D in this because the the product has to work. That's correct. It has to. I mean, it really needs to. Otherwise, downtime. I don't want it broken. I don't want it sitting at the dealership getting, you know, in line to, well, we can get to it in two weeks. That's not what we want. You know, we want to make sure that it continues to run, even when you're going to do something with it that I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. That, I mean, that's when you have the fun. And, you know, that's how we formulate and build products is, is to handle those extreme situations. And I think you mentioned this early on. You can use AMSOIL not just for your off-road vehicle. Oh, right. Yeah, we have a we have a full line. Um, all you need to do is go to amsoil.com and we have lookup guides for power sports. You can look up ATVs, UTVs, snowmobiles, passenger car, light truck, diesels. I mean, pretty much everything. We've got a lookup guide. It'll tell you just punch in the year and there you go. Here's the Amsoil product. Here's the capacity and, and away you go. So yeah, amsoil.com is kind of a one-stop shop. Now, we've set you up for, for winterizing your vehicle 
you don't use it. Let's say you don't use it, and then come springtime, is there anything you need to do come springtime to get your vehicle ready to go? Um, you know, to get it out of storage, generally, if you've done everything right, you should just be able to, you know, turn the key and away you go. Um, if you haven't done that, I guess the main thing, the main, like we talked about earlier on, you know, it's, it's going to be the fuel. That's going to be your, your, your weak link, unless you got a bunch of water in something and it's frozen and and it broke. Well, you're going to find that out real quick. Um, but from the fuel standpoint, if you didn't do anything to it, the best thing you could do for it when you get it out is top it off with fresh fuel, get some fuel additive in there, some type of a cleaner, something hopefully with a little bit of ethanol treatment in it. Uh, Amsoil makes a product, for example, called uh, Quick Shot that's designed for th- just that type of thing. It's a cleaner, it's a stabilizer, and it's a, um, it helps deal with the effects of ethanol. So I would say deal with your fuel. If you haven't done anything, that would be the biggest one because that's going to spoil your fun if that fuel goes bad over the winter. No doubt, no doubt. Now, uh, do you, what do you do in the wintertime? Are you a big outdoorsman? Are you get outside, you ride machines. What's your winter look like? Yeah, as we discussed earlier, I'm from northeastern Minnesota, um, a ways up there, actually, Ely, Minnesota, to be exact. Um, and we do pretty much everything. And I've always been an, I've been a lifelong enthusiast of all this stuff. I was fortunate enough to have parents that gave us uh, snowmobiles as a little kid and barely see over the handlebars. So I've been on snowmobiles, dirt bikes in particular. We had dirt bikes growing up. Um, so yeah, a little bit of everything, fishing, hunting, you name it, uh, outdoor Outdoor would be the thing that I love to do. Sure. Pick your poison. I mean, I have a lot of toys at my house. I need more storage because as the seasons change, <laughs> the toys in my garage tend to change, right? I even still have some two-stroke jet ski stand-up styles. So, Oh, man. Oh, man. What, yeah. What's the color scheme on those ones? Well, it's a lot of what you're thinking, right? It's, uh, it's the pink and yellow and yep. stuff. I've, I've stripped them so they look, they're somewhat modernized. They're nowhere near stock anymore. Um, let's just say I've got a super jet and a, and a Kawasaki stand up in there. They're, they're great fun. I'll tell you, they are nice. great fun. They're not for everyone, but they are, they are great fun. So no doubt. Yeah, I just kind of change with the seasons, man. If it's fishing, we do fishing. Um, you know, it's getting to be ranger time of the year here. You know, that that's one universal piece of equipment, boys. It's on wheels right now. It'll go on tracks, um, here coming up in the, as soon as we get enough snow and we get enough ice that goes right on tracks and away you go out on the lake. It's a, it's a, it's a great time. So do you put the tracks on yourself. Yeah, they're, they're fairly easy. Once they've been, once they've been, you know, once they've been set up for that machine, they go on and off in an hour. It's, okay. it's really not a big deal. I, I've simple. never done it. They've always either been on there or been off. So I was just never seen them, uh, to be put on, I guess. Yeah. Once they're set up though, it's just a matter of, you just bolt them on and you hit the, you know, there's a couple little brackets that go on there. It's really, it's really not that big of a deal. Jack and a little bit of horsepower and you can, they slide right on there. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Now you mentioned Glamis, uh, you guys, and you mentioned, you know, you're a bit of an outdoorsman. Do you have favorite places that you like to go riding? Um, from an Amsoil standpoint or personally, either one, (laughs) I can, I can answer either, um, because we do testing and we also shoot, um, We'll shoot some marketing information or we'll shoot some video that, you know, be, what we call B-roll. You'll know what that is. Right. Um, so we're out. We like the UP of Michigan. Uh, there's some great trails right out our back door here in Wisconsin that we'll hit if we're looking at a trail ride. Um, we actually work with a couple places uh, uh, that, that handle mountain riding. Uh, one in British Columbia, Canada, to be honest. Um, it's a remote lodge that we are uh, associated with. So we'll do some riding out there. And those are those have been some of the greatest places that I've ridden, both snowmobiles and Ooh, um, whereabouts I would exactly? Say, what's that? Whereabouts? In BC? BC, yeah. 
Uh, it's a place called Grizzly Lodge. If you're familiar, Grizzly Lodge. I'm not, but I'm just curious. Yeah, it's a. You got to. You basically you fly to Kamloops, and then you take an hour van ride, and then you get on a snowmobile with all your stuff, and you ride 22 kilometers up to the lodge. So it's a fairly remote located lodge, but it's really super nice. But we've done testing with their rental fleet. Uh, we'll shoot marketing video up there, and now uh, it's just become a great place to ride for us. You know, it's, it's yeah, pretty, it's a lot of tree riding, a lot of fun. This is a uh, sort of uh, central BC. It looks like, and I'm looking. On yes, the map. yeah, yeah. Almost like if it's, you looked at if you saw Calgary and just went straight west, you'd run into Grizzly Lodge. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it's next door. It's kind of next door to Revelstoke. So you top out. It's, it doesn't have the height that Revy has. Yeah. Um, it's probably we top oh, out at like Revelstoke, 78. Yeah. 7,800 to eight is your max, but there's a lot of tree riding. That's super fun. Um, it's anyway, so that's a good, that's a cool spot. UP of course of Michigan. That's not too far from us here, right in Superior Yep. over to the UP. We can, you know, there's all kinds of cool riding destinations over there. I mean, you just, you, you know, as well as I do what, how much fun that is. Oh yeah. So. yeah yes. Yes. And then where I'm from Northeastern Minnesota actually has a, you know, there's a nice trail system up there too. You incorporate the lakes with the trail. You can get a great ride in. So yeah, it's, you get to see a little bit of everything, which is, which is kind of what I like to do. No doubt, no doubt. I uh, I was in Whistler last year for oh, great. a few days, which was awesome. But I've never been to Revelstoke, and I hear a lot about it. It's just so remote. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, and it's challenging too. I mean, that's there's some there's some terrain there. That's that's for sure. You need to be avalanche savvy, and you need to have some previous experience, right? I still consider myself a flatland, you know, oh, snowmobile rider because I'm yes, for sure. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I just say I have mountain riding experience because I've been going, you know, for many years. So I can hold my own, but I'm no, I don't live out there. That's a whole different deal. Yeah, absolutely. Where's a place that, that uh, for you riding that you haven't been before that you'd like to go? Boy, that's a, <laughs> that's an interesting question um, because I've been to a lot of places, you know what I mean? So it's, well, Len's going to brag a for a second. Go ahead, like, start bragging, Len, go ahead. <laughs> Like snowmobiles or well, what that, kind of ride? That's so why I felt ATVs. like after I asked you that question, I thought like, wait a second, he's also a snowmobiler. He's going to talk about two different places. Um, how about both? How about snowmobiles and um, off-road vehicles? I would say I haven't been many places in Colorado snowmobiling. So if we we're going to do mountain riding, I'd probably say somewhere Colorado would be kind of fun to get into some real decent like climbing type stuff. That might be fun um, for snowmobiles. If I was going to ride trail, I guess, you know, West Yellowstone, those, those areas would be nice. Um, but I haven't been there for trail type riding. For sure. Um, for ATV, UTV, man, I have seen you guys do some really cool stuff on the show. I would, And I have not done a lot of Western UTV, ATV type stuff. I have not done much of that. So pick your spot out there. That's where I would love to go. We had a couple things scheduled that we were going to do for work and we never made it. And from a personal standpoint, I've just, I've never made it out there that type of riding. So yeah, if you let me borrow your checkbook, I'd say you don't have to do that. You, can, the- you can just go to uh, Polaris Adventures and uh, they've got over a hundred uh, riding locations around the country and you can just rent a vehicle from one of their places for the day and uh, just go ride and then give them the keys back at the end of the day and say, thank you very much. I had a great time. Yeah, that's a solid plan. It I may is. have to do that. It is. It is. I mean, we do a lot of our shoots with Polaris Adventures and um, it's just so easy to show up in your vehicle 
<laughs> without having to trailer a vehicle and gas and insure and all that kind of good stuff and then just ride where you want to ride for the day. And then at the end of the day, hand over the keys and say, I had fun. See you later. <laughs> that is, uh, um, that is the most slick, super easy way to go for, especially if you're like, I want to go riding somewhere, but I don't have a vehicle or I don't want to tow a vehicle or something like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that, that would be super fun. Yeah. I might have to look into that cause I really want to get into that a little and they bit do, more. So. They do, um, dirt, snow, uh, they've got, uh, now motorcycle, uh, slingshot, uh, and they just expanded actually to Mexico and New Zealand. I was like, I reached out to them after I saw New Zealand. I was like, when can we go? And they're like, it's only on road. I was like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not going to apply to you. Right. <laughs> help, help me out here. Help me out here. No, yeah, it's right. not going to apply. But, but if I'm there and I, and I want to go slingshots for the day, I guess I could do that. Yeah. Those things are fun. I've driven a couple of them. They're actually quite fun. They are in the right, in the right location. Just driving them down the street and cruising around town, not as much fun. But uh, we got to shoot in Hawaii and Maui a few years ago, and uh, we had slingshots for a day, and that was awesome, right? That's a great place for something like that. Or if you're – we did a shoot where we went to Pikes Peak and and uh, and uh, rode to the top of Pikes Peak in slingshots. And so in the oh, right – the right That would be crazy. Right? In the right circumstance, yes, it is, it is, it is perfect. It was absolutely perfect. That would be something. Yeah. It wouldn't Pikes be my commuter be cool. car for sure, but uh, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I right. can definitely go with it in other places and other places. Well, Lynn, I appreciate you coming on today and chatting with us about uh, Amsoil and all the important things that you need to do to um, winterize your machine and keep your machine up to date. Because I do think a lot of people overlook that aspect of making sure that their machine lasts a really long time and simply changing the oil is uh, one of the things that you can make, make it uh, last longer. Yeah, correct. Yeah, super. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, what's uh, what's the plans for the holidays? You guys going to be working right through the holidays? What's what do you guys do at Amsoil? No, we uh, well, we're we're shut down for I think Christmas Day observed or something like that. We get yeah. a couple days, but I usually save up whatever vacation that I have left that has to be used, and I, I use it up between um, Christmas and and New Year's. So we'll definitely be out on. I won't be working. We'll be out playing. Uh, there'll be some type of power sports equipment involved in that playing, uh, family that all the, all the fun stuff you do around the holidays. Well, I, next time I'm up there in that area, we're going to have to invite you to come hang out with us. Cause it sounds like you have a lot of fun. Absolutely. Sure. There's a lot of places to go. Absolutely. Give me a call. Yeah. Let's I, get together. I will do that. I will do that. Thanks, Lynn. I appreciate it. And, uh, you take care and have yourself a good holidays. All right. You too. Thanks a lot, Jared. All right. Today's podcast was brought to you by Rockford Fosgate. If you want to upgrade your audio system and you've been thinking about something new, check out all that Rockford has to offer from stage one all the way up to stage six kits. Rockford takes your audio to the next level. And by full throttle batteries. We talk a lot about oil. Batteries are also very important to make sure that your machine is operating for the new season. If you've got a battery and you're in a cold weather place, you may want to store that inside to keep that battery from freezing up. Check out Full Throttle Batteries. They are designed to handle the increased power that you need when you accessorize your vehicle. From professional racers to weekend warriors, Full Throttle Batteries is your battery of choice. And by Assault Industries. you got all those accessories on your machine. Assault's got 
all the cool stuff. If you haven't checked out their website, go to Assault Industries, check out all the parts and accessories that they've got to offer from mirrors to other products. You can just go to town on all the fun stuff they have. And of course, we mentioned the winter and we mentioned the snow. Quad Boss has been around for two decades. We're here in Minnesota and Quad Boss definitely comes in handy with their snow plows. I could have obviously used one of those today or yesterday. Uh, they make super dependable parts, whether you're a rider, rancher, or farmer, or hunter. They make work feel like play. Quad boss. Well, that does it for another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. Be sure, be sure to download and like us and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we will talk to you again soon. Take care. Upgrade your ATV UTV today at superatv.com. Whether it's portals, axles, windshields, lift kits, power steering kits, or any of the other great products from Super ATV, they have you covered through the entire process from design, manufacturing, testing, selling, shipping, and they're always there to support everything you need for your side by side. Go start your upgrade today at superatv.com.